really, I think what's in our hearts is uh, a love for the gospel, love for truth, right? A love for uh, Jesus and who he is and, and the true revelation of him. And that's, I think, what all this comes down to. What I think is at the core of every cult is a, a lack of revelation of Jesus. And, you know, like it's that question that Jesus said to the disciples, who do men say that I am? And, and he, there is a variety of answers. You know, some say you're a prophet or a good man or whatever, but it's that revelation that Peter had that had to be given from God, where he's like, you're the Christ, you're the son of God. It's that high and exalted view of Christ, the one that, that uh, brings the light, it brings the, it, ju it just immediately incinerates lies about who he is to where they can't possibly stand um, against that truth of who he is. And so really that's, I think, at the core of what what makes a cult a cult is that they're lacking at, at the core of it, they're lacking that basic revelation of who Jesus is. And so they're, they're, uh, they're fans of him, if you will, you know, but they don't know him. Yeah. They, they don't have that, that real revelation and spiritual insight into who he really is. And so what that automatically produces is false belief systems and false uh, doctrines. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's kind of what we want to do today. Um, and so, again, we're talking about the, is it the World Society? World or Mission Society Church of God. World Mission Society Church of God. So yep. um, could you give us like a, just kind of give us a brief um, overview of who these people are, uh, and then we'll talk about why, why it's important to cover this uh, specific group. Yeah, so the World Mission Society Church of God, as you mentioned, cults earlier. Really, a cult is a, um, it's a religious group of people who are pretending to be Christian, uh, pretending to follow Christ. So when you have a cult, you've got people who refer to the Bible. Uh, they're going to talk about Jesus. They're going to talk about God. They're going to use a lot of biblical phrases and terminology. Um, but at their core, they have really distinct... Um, uh, misunderstanding of, of typically the nature of God, who Jesus is, and salvation, what Jesus uh, taught in salvation. So the World uh, Mission Society Church of God <clears throat> was started in the 1960s, uh, actually based out of South Korea, and the original founder was uh, uh, individual, uh, I'm going to slaughter this, but An Song, Song Hong. Yeah. <laughs> An Song Hong, something along those lines. We're just going to call him On for today because... Okay. Uh, Mr. On. There you go, Mr. On. Um, so uh, originally founded again in South Korea uh, by Mr. On, and uh, they, they say today that they have uh, around one and a half million or so followers. Uh, in uh, around 150 countries and growing, <clears throat> yes. right? yep. growing, growing pretty rapidly. So uh, the reason we felt it was important to, to talk about uh, them today is because of encounters. Each of us have had encounters with them uh, close, close to home. Uh, I had an encounter with them uh, when I was uh, going, to, going to college at uh, Wichita State University. And, um, and so they have some very, uh, again, some false ideas, false beliefs, and uh, pretty uh, major distinctions with uh, biblical, authentic uh, Christianity. Cool. So yeah. you've had, Jesse, some run-ins mm -hmm. with them too, right? Yeah, with so you. With me too, yeah. 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 So maybe talk a little bit about, like, yeah. again, from your perspective, why this is cool. important and kind of touch on, like, some of those yeah. encounters that you've had. Yeah, well, the, the why it's important is because you said close to home. 
So um, that is all over the world, but if we specifically have it in, you know, what, 25 minutes away, and they're evangelizing daily. Um, so the encounters, I, when I was still in Minot, North Dakota, um, they had come to me a few times at work, and uh, they had specifically were just kind of harping on the Galatian stuff and Mother Jerusalem. Um, here was at the, what is it, the Keeper of the Plains River. Uh, they pulled up in a car and they were, that was what they were supposed to do for their Sabbath was to evangelize and they had come and I talked to them a little bit there. They um, instantly went to the law and um, the keeping Jesus's commandments and that's how you love him. And then our meeting with them, uh, we met, uh, what, uh, once we met we with them, once, but yeah. it went like two or three hours. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, it was, it was, they are very systematic and they have, we were talking about that, they have it written, the guy who was teaching had it written down, and um, most of what we had brought up, they had to come back, some of stuff we brought up, it was kind of more awkward stares, and then moving on to the next, or what Shem had said, that they, they would go back to the system yeah. if we, we asked a question they didn't have. So they're definitely like, they're well-trained, Yes, they yeah. have it, they're, they're obviously <clears throat> sat in a school, if yes. you will, and they're kind of told like, systematically point by point yes. this is what you say this is when you say it this is yeah. how you say it if they ask this you say this if they ask that you say yeah. that even for us and me who had i've never been exposed to that this specific group mm -hmm. um is like man i've never heard that and yeah and, and like the way we talk about it jokingly but really is almost like uh what they did is almost like sleight of hand like a, yeah, a magic trick yeah. sort of deal where it's like well yeah. this verse says that and that yeah. says that and this plus this equals that so you see yeah. and God, that's why i think and, mother God, right? yeah and that's why i think also it's important is that they are we talked about that they're not you know new world translation so they change stuff or they're not mormons they hold something with the bible they're specifically i think kgv or um um NIV, NIV and just right, yeah. they, they so they specifically hold the Christian Bible and their sleight of hand deceiving by jumping all across yeah. with the system so I think that's also why it's very important is uh, it's very deceiving to people because they're not actually they're holding the Bible yeah so that's what people grew up seeing the being well trained again that's something yeah. that's just that's when you talk about cults most cults are well yes. trained I don't know who originally said it but the statement is that Christians convert pagans cults convert Christians, and that's where the, the statement about Mormonism that the average Mormon can tie a, the average Christian in a theological pretzel in about five minutes, mm -hmm. you know, and so, yeah. and so we see that, yeah, with this, yeah. this group too, again, the World Mission Society Church of God, they are well-trained, they've got some scriptures highlighted, and they're going to know exactly where to go to, uh, to preach their version of, yeah. of Jesus and their, uh, their message. Yep. So again, we hope to be able to, to do this today. We want to, our goal here is to talk about this specific group and we want to get a little bit into we, we don't want to go super deep we don't want to bore anybody and and we hope to in the future maybe bore go <laughs> go a little bit more deeply into some of their beliefs and cover that more specifically for mm -hmm. those people who are interested or who would need this information yeah. today we want to give kind of a brief overview yeah. right of yeah. of who they are um and again we hope to be able to uh release uh more of these where we we're going to be sitting down and talking about not only this group, but Jehovah's Witnesses, Mormons, uh, even covering stuff probably like Catholicism and stuff like that, where we can just, again, to provide that resource. And so, again, I want to talk about why this is important. And so 1 John 4, um, 
It says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God, and every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, yeah. uh, which you heard was coming and now is in the world already. Um, and so, again, I think what this goes back to is here John's talking about a confession of Jesus that he came in the flesh, and there was a denial of that happening. But again, this goes back to at the core, what makes a cult, what makes false doctrine false is Jesus said he is the way, he is the truth, he is the life. And so false doctrine all, I believe, originates from a lack of revelation of God, yep. the nature of God, who he is, what he's like. And we all know the nature of God, who he is, what he's like, where that's been fully revealed and most clearly where he's uh, most clearly revealed that is in Christ. And so when people are tossing around false beliefs about Jesus, yeah. um, as this church is doing, mm -hmm. uh, it's 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 says it's doing what this says will happen. That we can know that that's a false spirit. Mm -hmm. That they can be passionate, they can be sincere, they can be nice. But at the end of the day, if it's if it's coming from a a uh, a lack of revelation of Jesus and a lack of yep. revelation of God, and that's where this system's coming from, then it's false and it's yeah. dangerous and uh destructive and we're warned i think we're we're warned because that can be the hesitation of a lot of uh, people to do this is that it's they're very loving mormons i think outdo the real church when it comes to family aspects in a lot of areas mm -hmm. um but in matthew 7 jesus literally saying they you'll know them by their fruits but they're going to come in like sheep they're gonna come in like an angel of light. Like they're going to, they're gonna look good. They're gonna be sweet. They're going to yeah. be attractive yeah. and hard to probably rebuke. Yeah. And you know, one of the things that's interesting, and this was my experience, and I think you guys said you had a similar experience, is uh, and reading actually through different testimonies of people who have left this uh, this group say very similar things. Where when you run into them in person, uh, my experience was they didn't just outright say, you know, here's where we differ from Christianity. It was actually they they they. Almost try to sneak sneak their views in a little bit and so yeah. for the first 10 minutes or so of my conversation with them um, I honestly didn't didn't know they weren't Christian because the things they were saying they're talking about God they're talking about Jesus they even talk about the Trinity uh, and uh, this good stuff and community and prayer and all this stuff you know stuff that's like oh it sounds good and then they remember they said a couple of things uh, uh, referring to this mother idea that were a little fishy like what's going on there and so I got to uh, together with them again the second time I had some some time to do some research in the meantime to discover uh, again where they really do uh, are, are distinguished from uh, authentic Christianity but you just see this idea of, of trying to sneak sneak yeah. things in a little bit and they're not gonna like you said the sheep yeah. and wolves clothing if they were to just outright go up to people and say here's what we believe no one's gonna listen they probably have maybe one follower instead of a couple million yeah. and so they very subtly sneak uh, you see them sneaking stuff in over time and again that's uh, kind of the testimony you see from multiple people who have left this uh, this yeah. uh, World Mission Society Church of God uh, is that same idea yeah so it's just that <laughs> It's just the dishonesty in there, which yep. again, it distinguishes the spirits because the spirit of Christ <clears throat> is going to produce the fruit of the spirit, which is going to not, it's going to be truthfulness yep. and, yep. and love and not, not 
sneakiness yep. and deceptiveness. Yep. Well, count the cost, right? Isn't that what Jesus said? Is count the cost of what it means to follow me. Straight up, here's what it looks like. Yeah. Here's the gospel message, Christ crucified. Jesus turned people away. I yeah. mean, talking about yeah. uh, eating my flesh, drinking my blood. We just talked about that in John 6 earlier. And many turned away from him that day. And he didn't try to sneak anything in there. He was straightforward, uh, blunt. Again, and that's if you've got truth, you're going to share truth, right? And so again, it's it's just really fishy when you have a, a group of people who their core beliefs they don't talk about until you're yeah. three months, four months, six yeah. months in. Because again, they they know if they talk about it up front, you're you're gone. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We've mentioned it a little bit, Mother God. Yeah. I think it's kind of come up briefly. So uh, so let's get in a little bit. Yeah, two, and just kind of quickly try to cover what what they believe. And so, Jesse, I'll just put this on you first. Yeah, yeah. For you, um, as far as their basic core beliefs, what to you is one of the biggest things that uh, is an issue, and and to you distinguishes it, makes it different than what yeah. Jesus taught, yeah, um, and what uh, what Christianity yeah. is. So me and Shim had talked about that earlier. I don't know if it's okay that I say all these now, but um, it's the uh, that they are not monotheistic, they're polytheistic. It's if you're saying there's a Father God and a Mother God, and the Father God is you know modalism, he's all the Trinity, but you're still saying there's a Mother God, then therefore you aren't traditional Christianity out of Judaism, which is monotheistic. So that's the first concern, is okay, so that you disagree with the totality of the scripture that preaches one God. Um, Second is it's not salvation through just Jesus. It's it's uh, three ages they preach, and it's it's at a different name for each age. So right now it's not Jesus anymore, and that's in there. We can read that. That's their um, doctrine. So and they then, teach that right now we aren't saved by yeah. the name of Jesus, yeah. but by another name. By the name of An Song Hong, who is now it's the age of the Spirit. They teach. And uh, they say that just as when Jesus came and was talking with the Pharisees and they were hung up on Jehovah, and so therefore they did not receive salvation right now, consider us, we're hung up on the name Jesus when it's the age of the Spirit, so Ansang Hung is the only way we can get it. So, and we've been told, we had asked in one of our conversations, do we have salvation? We don't honor the feast and we don't honor his name. And they said, no, we don't. So, yeah. so those are those are kind of some of the basics of like this is this is an issue. Mm-hmm. This is different than Christianity, and we should be talking about this and make it known to them. If we believe they've been deceived, I, I won't read it. But Second um, Timothy, if we believe Satan has a grip on them, and we're going to we're going to pray, we're going to speak truth to them, and really pray that God would grant them repentance. Pray that they will, we talked about it earlier, the goal is if they have they the system, so our goal is to catch them off guard and make them think for themselves, yeah. to get away from the system. So that's, that's why this is fun, to be able to say stuff like this to them, mm-hmm. make them think. So one of the main distinguishing things for them, and something, one of those things I think that you talked about that they kind of slip under the rug and they kind of conceal at first, and I noticed this in our conversation that, uh, which is that the, their doctrine that there is a mother God, right? There's yep. not only a, there's a father God, but yeah. there's a mother God. Yep. And so that's one of the main things that most people, when they hear that, will be like, wait, what, am, what is that? Yeah. Um, where are you getting, where are you getting that from? So maybe can you talk a little bit about that? Like, what is that? Where did they get that? 
Yeah, so there, uh, and Jesse kind of mentioned this earlier, really what I was hearing you say, Jesse, there's kind of three, I mean, there's a lot of dif different areas uh, that they disagree with, uh, or that we would disagree with them and where they diverge from Christianity. Um, one of those being they have this idea of a mother God, which is multiple gods. Again, they believe in two gods, really not one, the idea of a mother God. Two, uh, salvation is not in Christ alone. Salvation is in the name of An Song Hong, which goes directly against the verse we all know that there is no name uh, given under heaven by which men must be saved except that which has already been given, which is Jesus Christ. They would disagree with that and say, well, yeah, that was in the previous age. Now we're in a new age and there's a new name to, by which to be saved. That's the second area, again, salvation through another name. And the third area you mentioned, Jesse, is just the idea that uh, you've got to do a lot of stuff to be saved. And they preach, man, if you've, you've got to do this, you've got to do this, you've got to do this. If you're not doing all these things, you're not saved, which is, of course, contrary to you by grace through faith, not of yourselves, it's not of works. And that's actually one of the things that unite so many cults is the works-based mentality. Yeah. So getting into the idea of, of a mother, mother God. So where they, they pull this idea from, they typically will start in Genesis chapter one, and they're gonna go to Genesis 1, uh, 26 and 27, uh, which we're all pretty familiar with. In Genesis 1, 26, it's the creation account. What it says here is, God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, the cattle, the earth, every creeping thing. Uh, verse 27, God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. So the big argument here is, is the us. So you see, let us make man in our image. And their argument here is uh, the us is referring to multiple gods. And they say that because verse 27, it says, uh, he created them, he created him male and female. So uh, in fact, I'll just read here right from, uh, from their website. So we have a handful of documents here taken directly. They've got actually multiple websites. You can, if you go and look up World Mission Society, uh, Church of God, there's all kinds of stuff out there. Reading directly from what they say here on that, uh, speaking on, uh, again, verse 27, they say the above verse states that God has two images, a male image and a female images, uh, image. Until now, we have only known and called upon the male image of God. Uh, then how should we call upon the female image of God? Uh, if we call God father, logic, we should refer to God's female image as mother. This is why God uh, had said, let us make man in our image, in our likeness. The word us is a plural term. And so again, you see their mentality here is the idea that um, God is plural, uses the phrase us, and then you have a male and a female image because God said in the image of man, he makes them male and female. Uh, so that's one of the, the big verses for them. Uh, a second big verse that they uh, went to uh, in my conversation with them was in uh, Galatians, in uh, actually Galatians chapter four, I think. And um, <laughs> Galatians chapter four is, is it's somewhat of a humorous one. It's really not funny, but it's kind of funny um, because Paul here is very clear in Galatians chapter four, what he's referring to. And so Galatians chapter four, if you start at verse um, 20, 20, we'll start at verse uh, 20, yeah, 23 here. He says, but he who was of the bond woman was born according to the flesh and he of the free woman through promise which things are symbolic, or I think in the ESV it says there, these things are spoken yeah, uh, uh, in an allegory. 
For these scenes are the two covenants, the one from Mount Sinai, which gives birth to bondage, which is Hagar. Uh, anyways, it continues on. You get to verse 26, and Paul says here, but uh, the Jerusalem above is free, which is the mother of us all. And so they take that verse right there, and they, uh, they actually refer to uh, this mother God as Mother Jerusalem, the mother of us all. Uh, and then the final verse they went to often uh, in my conversation with them is the verse from Revelation, uh, the final chapter of Revelation, uh, where it says the spirit and the bride say come. Yes. And so they'll take that idea of the bride and say the bride is not a reference to the, the church. The bride is instead a reference to Mother God. And so that's really, for me, the three uh, verses I heard over and over and over <clears throat> again. So quickly, go back to the Genesis one that you brought up. And what would you say, so that, that is, the, and in yep. our conversation, yep. Jesse, that was, that was probably the main one, one of the main ones, that was their foundation that they yep. went back to over and over. So what would you say in reply to that? What would you, and just give a quick brief, what would you say to that in reply to just shut that argument down immediately? Yeah, so Genesis 1, uh, 27, you know, one of the thir- first things that comes to mind here for me uh, as I'm reading this today is, is if the idea of um, being made in the image of God is a reference to the sexuality of humanity, male and female, if it's a reference to sexuality, well then by that same logic, by that same argument, the animals then are made in the, uh, the image of God as well. Because uh, we know that the animals are made male and female, right? And so, so that would be one of the first things I think I would ask them about is, uh, how do you know here, what is, what is it in this verse alone, just this verse that tells you this is a reference to the sexuality of mankind? Um, you know, that'd be one of my first questions. Another thing I would probably point out here is why then all the, the he, 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 God made man in, in his image. You read 27 again. So God created man in his own image, in the image of God. He created him, male and female. He created them. Why would he do that? What's, what's the point um, of, of him doing that? So that's a couple of things that come to mind for me that I'd probably ask on that verse. They believe that Mother God um, is in the flesh right now, right? Yep. That she and is alive, literally yeah. she is in Korea. Yeah. And, she, and, and you can actually go online and find pictures of large yep. groups of people walking with her, talking with yep. her. And they think that this literally is Yahweh, you know, the. Yep the one who created everything and yeah. they're they're just walking with her and she's yeah. in korea yeah, her um, name is uh zang gilja again yeah. i have no idea if i'm pronouncing that correctly yeah. but, but if you type that in you'll <laughs> see all kinds of yeah. pictures of zang gilja yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 so we won't we won't cover all those points but maybe just that that galatians one um so that's another that was another big one that they brought up to us galatians so, one well the galatians the, verse oh the galatians that one, shem brought yeah, up yeah. so actually i'm glad you so i want to jump to so yeah so galatian obviously shem had said that's he's saying it's allegorically here's what's happening i'm talking about two different covenants i'm talking about the old covenant and i'm talking about the new covenant so shem had caught this earlier and i, I just want to go there i feel like that was really good so if we jump to hebrews 12 um I'm just going to read from 18. For you have not come to what may be touched, a blazing fire and darkness and gloom and a tempest, a temp, yeah, a tempest and the sound of a trumpet and a voice whose words made the hearers beg that no further messages be spoken to them, for they could not endure the order that was given. If even a beast touches the mountain, it shall be stoned. Indeed, so terrifying was the sight that Moses said, I tremble with fear. But 
you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and the, to immeasurable angels in feastal gatherings, and to the assembly of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven, and to God the judge of all and the spirits of righteousness and made perfect. So this is just another example of this. He's talking about two different covenants. And, and if you, I just I think it's just very obvious too that um, you can look into what was the difference between these two women, obviously, is that one was, one was um, outside of faith from the promise to Abraham. It was outside of faith, I'm gonna make this happen. Right. And it's the law, it's, right. the, it's the taskmaster. And then one is the promise, and we're of the promise, which That's was Hagar faith. Hagar and Sarah. Yes, exactly, so Hagar is, um, is Sinai and Hagar is the law and that's the old covenant then we get Sarah who was the fulfillment of the promise and who is by faith so it's just it's obviously what he's saying and then if you by the way if you keep on reading um, he talks about you being those of you who would go back to the law so there's um, Hagar you're cut off from Christ severed from grace so that's another one. If you're talking to them and they're, they're saying this is a symbol, you can say, well, actually, that actually fits in if you just finish reading the letter and if you read it in context to what's happening. So basically the reply to that would be you're using Galatians. Yes. This, this church is using Galatians to say, yeah. see, look, it says heavenly Jerusalem yeah. uh, or heavenly mother yeah. or, or however Which it Which in this that. context is Sarah. She's the heavenly mother. Exactly. So, so, yeah. so in, in Galatians, it's obviously what Paul is contrasting, what he's – the. He says this is an allegory, mm -hmm. and the allegory that he's he spells it out is yeah. law versus grace, yep. is yeah. is uh, law keeping versus and that that way of trying to walk before God and grace. And so it was Hagar was the representation of the law and the old way, the old covenant, and uh, and, and Sarah right yep. was the representation of yeah. the new covenant and the the new way, which is the new Jerusalem which yeah. is this new way of being able to walk with God. Yeah. You know, I think a good thing here to talk, talk, to, uh, talk about them with is, is going to be just the idea of, of an allegory or to talk about, think through the Bible of the number of pictures, the number of symbols, the number of allegories. So, so talking about sheep, we're not literal sheep, yeah. right? Yeah. Talking about the uh, parable of the, uh, uh, the sowers, the four different soils, we're not literal soil, right? Yeah. And so again, Paul specifically says here, I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk to you about an allegory for just a second. I'm gonna give you some symbolism here. Yeah. For, it couldn't be more clear. It yeah. couldn't be more clear that he's trying to say, yeah. this is not to be taken literally. Don't take this literally. This is an example. I'm gonna give you a story here, an example to help like, like contrast law versus grace. We're not uh, slaves, we're sons. Yeah. We're not living by law anymore. We live by grace yeah. found in Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, and so they could read that, go to verse 26, where it says, but the Jerusalem above is free, which is the mother of us all clearly taken out of context and clearly not uh, sticking with what Paul's saying. Again, this is an allegory. And I think to go with that, what's good is it's obviously an allegory and it, it is a symbol. It's symbolic and something fun to say to them because you had said earlier, they go to Revelation. They go to uh, heavenly Jerusalem coming down, which they say is mother God. So a good example is to say, well, if, how can you pick and choose if that's, so then that obviously symbol? Jesus must be a baby sheep 
because it says he's the Lamb of God. They would disagree. They'd say, no, he's a, it's a symbol. So that's really fun to trip yeah. them up. How are you picking and choosing when there's allegory throughout the whole scripture? You know what I mean? And this is one of the only places where it specifically says, this is an allegory. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. a lot of that, it's yeah. left to common yeah. sense. You yeah. got it. It's left to common sense <laughs> yeah. to know, oh, this is a parable. This is a story. This is an allegory. Yeah. Here, he specifically says, right? Uh, it's so, so, so clear. Yeah, so beside the fact that they they just really have no biblical basis yep. to believe in a mother god um and, and beside the fact that it's just it's a strange and uh r mostly unheard of yep. uh idea um the biggest thing and i'll read this quote is again this is going this quote here that i'll read which again is pulled right off their website um will show you why the the important thing isn't that it's weird um but it's what what happens like and my, what yeah. what what comes forth from it that's that's a big deal so so here's a quote it says um we cannot have eternal life un unless we receive the heavenly mother yeah. eternal life which god has promised us is given through the heavenly mother in this last age, we need our Jerusalem mother who has been established by Christ, Ong Sang Hong, the second coming Jesus. Let us believe in Christ, Ong Sang Hong, the Holy Spirit, and in Jerusalem mother, the bride, so that we can receive eternal life. And so you can just contrast that with a thousand verses that you can probably think of immediately yeah. where Jesus says, "I again, I am the way, I am the truth, yeah. I am the life. Nobody comes to the Father but through me. There's one mediator between God and man, the yeah. man Christ Jesus. Uh, there's no other name under heaven by which men may be saved except that which is named, which is Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, John constantly calling Jesus the life, saying, in him was life, you know. Yep. He, he, is, he is eternal life. Jesus himself is eternal life. Whoever has the Son has life. Yeah. Yeah. Whoever does not have the Son does not have life. And now what they're doing is saying, oh no, it's not, Jesus isn't life, Jesus isn't eternal life, but Mother God is eternal life and you must go through her to get life. Yeah. And Jesus becomes uh, not only an afterthought, but yeah. just, he's, he's not even a thought. Matter. He's yeah. just like set aside. He can't help you in this age. Uh, John 17, three, and this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you sent. So I want to read something else to go with, because this goes with it. It might even be, I don't know if it's the same article. So this is on their website also. Uh, it, so this is a claim and it's something you can hold them to. It says, the Bible clearly testifies that our Heavenly Mother exists and that only our Heavenly Mother can give us eternal life. And as you've already named before, and I'll just, I'll, I'll just kind of want to run through the, it's, we got John 10, 28, John 3, 16, 1 John 5, 13, Romans 6, 23, John 3, 36, John 17, 3, John 4, 4. It just goes on and on and on. And we literally have Jesus saying, John 10, 28, I give them yeah. eternal life. So, so right there is a claim that she, the Bible ha, has teaches her beginning to end. Why do we not see that? But we see Jesus from beginning to end. We talked about that. But also, this is another reason it's very important we're talking about this because they are literally saying, they're denouncing their maker and the one who bought them. They're saying he actually has nothing to do with it now. Mm -hmm. this, this made up mother God, she has everything to do with our eternal life. Yeah. And like you just said, you have to throw out so much scripture to believe that. Mm -hmm. And so that's why that's an issue. Yeah, yeah it really kind of 
we've kind of moved on a little bit now. So again, the first thing we were talking about is the idea of a mother God uh, uh, as a whole. And now we're talking a little bit uh, on that second core area, which is the, that salvation can be found in another name, not the name of Jesus Christ. And so primarily they actually teach that salvation is found in the name of An Song Hong again. And so, um, uh, and they incorporate the mother into that. But, but yeah, I just want to read real quick, Jesse, you quoted this one earlier or mentioned it, but First uh, John five thirteen. these things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. You know, my question here is, uh, they're they're going to have some answers for a lot of this stuff. Their big explanation for a lot of this is, well, it's a mystery. The mother's been kept a mystery throughout the whole Bible, and, and she's the mystery. They actually believe when you see the word mystery in Colossians and Ephesians, it's referring to the mother God. And that's going to be one of their big answers is it's, it's all been kept a mystery. Yeah. So the, the thing with that, though, is... Um, Ephesians 3. <laughs> Ephesians 3, yeah, go ahead and read yeah. that. So Ephesians 3, it's, it's the mystery um, revealed. So he's talking, talking about the mystery, and then we drop down to verse, um, what is it? 6, he explains what it is, the prophets by the Spirit. This mystery is that the Gentiles are fellow heirs, members of the same body, partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. So Paul literally, they, they did use that with us too, that uh, we had said, if we, we love the Bible, we, we read it, we're into apologetics, how have we never seen this? And they said, it's a mystery. It's the one they're talking about. So this was the co- kind of comical too. We're just like, well, it literally just told us what the mystery was. Right. And the mystery is that the gospel's coming to yep. the yeah. Gentiles. It's yes. not just about Jews anymore. It's not about your bloodline. It's about being in Christ. Yeah. That's the mystery clearly defined. Yeah has nothing to do with the mother. There's not, there's not even a mention. You can't, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, and I remember that, again, in our conversation with them, is that something that uh, they would really strongly emphasize is that mother God is God's greatest mystery. That's yeah. the greatest mystery of the Bible. And so I'll see your Ephesians 3 and, and raise you. <laughs> so Colossians 2, that spells it out more clearly, mm, yeah. um, is, is where it says, Paul's prayer, he says, uh, praying that they have reached Riches, uh, full assurance of understanding. Um, this is this is Colossians two two. Okay. Um, oh yeah. Under, uh, full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ. <laughs> yeah. yeah. In whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And so within the mystery of Christ, who Himself is the mystery, yeah. is the mystery of yeah. the gathering mm-hmm. of the Gentiles and the Jews. But this this right here is the clearest. Uh, explanation of why this is a big deal of why uh, what they're teaching is dangerous and why it's it's not just simply something that's strange and funny when they say that there's a mother yeah. god but it's it's what they're literally doing is demoting Jesus Christ yeah. and they're saying where where the testimony of the apostles uh, and Christ himself is that he's the mystery that he you know again he's the way the truth the life they demote him they move him aside and say let's focus in on something else you know let's let's get let's get our attention let's get our let's not be so obsessive on Jesus yep. and they're they're you know Paul who says Jesus is preeminent in all things he is above all things he's before all things you know you can't get a higher view of Jesus than what right. the Bible gives what's well, the name above every the name, name above yeah. every name but they yeah. they for in their deception, because it is a false spirit, yeah. an anti-Christ spirit, obviously it's going to, it's not, the devil's not gonna come out and, and you know, his, in, in these religious 
groups, he doesn't come out and usually and flat out say, yeah. Jesus isn't important, you don't need him, but he will minimize him yeah. to a, a yes. dangerous level. Yeah. And if you, I think if you continue reading, so then, well, the next verse from what you read, I say this in order that no one may delude you with plausible arguments. And then we go to eight, see to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty to see according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, not according to Christ. So that's what we have. It literally is elemental spirits, knowledge, there's a father, well then there's gotta be a mother. Mm -hmm. that, this, yeah. that makes sense, this, it, it, they literally are taking, God, we can, we can put him in a box and we understand him fully and we'll explain it now to you because this is what makes sense to us on earth. Yeah. And it is, it's yeah. literally just pulling, it pulls away from, from the supremacy and preeminence of Christ, yep. which is an attack. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so maybe just summarize, give, give one of those verses, um, again, kind of summarizing why this is important, where, where Paul's admonishing, you know, I can think of somewhere Paul admonishes Timothy. Well, yeah, I, um, I'm just thinking, I'll, I'll read this, and I think you should read. Are you going to read the Timothy one or whatever? Oh, anyways, the, in Romans 16, I think, is, I'd read that earlier, 16, 17, I appeal to you, brothers, watch out for those who cause divisions and create obstacles contrary to the doctrine, so contrary to what you've already been taught, that you have been, um, that you should avoid them. And it talks about how such persons, um, they don't serve our Lord Christ, and they have appetites for their own, their own flattery and deceiving and smooth talk. And I just think that is goes so well with this because you had said it is sleight of hand. And, and it is when we were there, they were just all over the place. And by the end of it, you're like, oh, well, it does preach a mother God. And you're like, no, it doesn't. But that was smooth. Like they, they had that in a pretty was, good yeah. system to where if you did not know your word and doctrine, then you would be like, oh, of course, they just yeah. proved it to me with that. Yeah, they make it look mathematical. Yeah, so I think that's why Paul's already warning, just be ready, and it says to, to not have anything to do with them and be ready to, what, in the other scripture, be ready to abhor it, rebuke it, yeah. reprove it. So Yeah, yeah. a couple of verses that come to mind. One, Jesus says in Matthew 24, uh, verse 5, many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ. And what's really interesting, we don't have a whole lot of time to get into uh, An Song Hong, but they actually, the name for him is Christ An Song Hong. They will literally call him yeah. the, the Christ. They believe he was the second coming Christ, which interesting because he's dead now and they know he's dead. And so they believe again, it was a spiritual yeah. deal. He came physically, started the new age sort of thing and uh, and then died. But yeah, they call him Christ An Song Hong. So, uh, so that's one of the verses that came to mind. Another big one, again, and this is not just for the World Mission uh, Society uh, Church of God, that's a big long name. Uh, Second John uh, should be the warning. <laughs> there you go. Second John uh, one chapter. So verse nine says, uh, "Whoever transgresses and does not abide in the doctrine of Christ does not have God. He who abides in the doctrine of Christ has both the Father and the Son." And and that's just so common to any cult. Again, usually you have some dynamic, charismatic leader who says, "I got this vision or this revelation from an angel or from wherever it might be from," and and basically Christianity has been screwed up since the time of Jesus and we're going to make it right again. Yeah. And so anytime you hear anything along that, that line of yeah. we're coming in with a new truth, something brand new that people haven't known for a while, there's probably a problem yeah. with that. Again, and what you see is don't leave the doctrine of Christ 
behind. You need to abide. Here's the doctrine. Here's the gospel message. This is Jesus. Stay here. Just stay here. Just stay in Christ. Don't go anywhere else. Don't run away from that. What does Paul say in Galatians? He says, even if an angel appears to you and preaches another gospel, let him him be accursed. And that's Mormonism, right? That's Jehovah's Witness. That's these individuals. Again, um, this idea of of fixing what's been broken and this new truth revealed to one person who then leads this this group. And just a quick I know we're wrapping it up. I just think to go with that is is apart from Christ and the doctrine we know. And when Jesus is specifically talking about the Holy Spirit and he keeps saying he's coming, he blah, blah, blah. He says he will reveal the Son to you. He will continue to reveal the Son. So I think this is a good, so if you're, they say, on Song Hong is that it's the age of the Spirit, and he's Christ, but he's really the Holy Spirit. But yet he's not revealing Jesus. Jesus is an afterthought to him. Then that just doesn't even make sense with what Jesus had prophesied was going to happen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Which brings it back to again the, the first John that it says many spirits have come into the world, and so obviously mm-hmm. yeah. taking all of that into to account, and especially that's a really a point that mm-hmm. the Spirit, what the Spirit does, the Spirit's main goal, main activity is to make the name of Jesus known, to make him great, and to to teach and to reveal to people uh, Jesus, because that is where God has fully and clearly revealed his name. Jesus is the word, the communication of God. And so that's why we talk about this today and uh, hope to be able to talk more about these things in the near yeah. future, hopefully. Yeah.